rocketed as a baby from the exploding planet Krypton. Kal-El grew to manhood on Earth, whose yellow sun and lighter gravity gave him fantastic superpowers. In the city of Metropolis, he poses as TV newsman Clark Kent, but battles evil all over the Earth and beyond as Superman. Superman. This is Superman, Superman in the, the Bronze Age. Age. everybody and welcome to episode 110 of Superman in the Bronze Age. I am your mild-mannered host Charlie Niemeyer and this time we're going to take a look at a fight between Superman and Bizarro. But first, well actually there is no first. There's no email to look at. So we'll just skip that part and go straight into the promos and when we return we'll get into the comic. Superman of the Bronze Age will be back after these messages. Why do you think superheroes are so important? People need heroes because they need somebody to inspire them, something to aim for, somebody to try to be like. One is the man of tomorrow powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. The other, the caped crusader, carrying out a solemn vow to spend his life warring on all criminals. For seven decades, they've been the world's finest heroes. They've teamed on radio, comics, newspapers, animation, and more. And now, they're teaming up for a podcast. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Up! Up and away! Atomic batteries to turbines to speed. Superman and Batman celebrates more than 70 years of the world's finest team with randomly chosen stories featuring the Man of Steel and the Dark Knight. Superman and Batman, featuring your two favorite heroes in one podcast together. Find it today at GreatCrypton.com. Well then, uh, Scott, can you do me a favor? What's that? I've got an episode coming. Let's see. It's called Magnus Remembers uh, Superman Returns, so uh, don't listen to that episode. It, this is all kind of, it's all part of my Superman Begins like miniseries that, I, that I'm uh, going through, or was going through. This is all part of the uh, lead up to Man of Steel coming out on Blu-ray, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I've got two little interludes. Uh, the first... 
Lucy, shut the f*** up. <laughs> Sorry about that, it's the dog. Trend is Magnus punches reality at twotruefreaks.com. Discussion about comics, movies, and TV shows. Trentus Magnus punches reality every Tuesday at twotruefreaks.com. No animals were harmed in the making of this promo. We now return to Superman and the Bronze Age. All right. Superman number 333 had a cover date of March 1979 and an on sale date of December 25th, 1978. Now, I do not actually think that the book came out on Christmas Day, but that's the rough estimate given by Mike's Amazing World at DCIndexes.com, by the way. Uh, and it had a cover price of 40 cents. The title of this story is Happy New Year, Rest in Peace. Written by Marty Pasco, penciled by Kurt Swan, inked by Frank Sheramonte, lettered by Ben Oda, colored by Adrian Roy, and edited by Julie Schwartz. Our story begins at the Molecule Secrecy Building in the metropolis on the cubed planet of Bizarro World, where Bizarro Kent tells Bizarro Edge about a story that just came off the future scope that states that Superman's friends will all be killed today. Since this apparently isn't a newsworthy story because it's Bizarro World, he changes to Bizarro and flies off toward Earth. Speaking of Earth, it's now New Year's Eve, and at 11.30 p.m., the WGBS crew have gathered at the metropolis airport to board Galaxy One the world's first non-commercial supersonic transport. Tonight, they're going to celebrate both the plane's maiden flight and New Year's by flying coast to coast, ringing in the New Year's in each time zone along the way. 30 minutes later, they take off, and just as Clark turns down a glass of champagne, Bizarro arrives on the scene. While he's unable to see into the plane with his x-ray vision, he can hear the voices inside and recognizes Superman's friends. So he just busts into the plane, which decompresses the cabin enough to drop the oxygen masks and suck Lois out of the plane. Since Clark is in more immediate danger than anyone else, Clark pretends to also be sucked out. Then, to protect his secret identity, he moves at extreme super speed, making it appear to Lois that Superman has arrived and saved Clark. Then, he goes out and catches Lois and takes her back into the plane. Inside, he tosses Bizarro out of the plane. Then, while inhaling a supersized lungful of air, he repairs the plane's hull. Then, exhaling the air in his lungs before it can be converted to carbon dioxide, he repressurizes the cabin. Then, taking every bit of metal he can find inside the plane, he seals off the aft of the cabin, uses some super ventriloquism to make it look like Clark is in the lavatory, then heads out after Bizarro, who quickly uses his cold vision to encase the Man of Steel in ice. After a recap of Bizarro's origins, Superman busts out of the ice, sending shards of ice right at Bizarro's face, blinding him long enough for Superman to dive down to the surface for a weapon. Meanwhile, inside the plane, Lana doubts Superman's ability to stop Bizarro, while Lois trusts Superman to save the day like he always does, which leads Lana to believe that Superman may be right about her loving him, since you can't love someone without total trust. Back at the main plot, Superman heads down to Central... Pennsylvania to grab a tree from a forest, but before he can do anything with it, Bizarro hits it with his microscopic vision. And 
because it's bizarro microscopic vision, this actually reduces it to microscopic size. Superman goes on the offensive with an attack from behind, but Bizarro's telescopic vision allows him to actually see behind him, which means Superman gets an elbow to the face. While he's dazed, Bizarro punches Superman hard enough to send him through the time barrier into the prehistoric past. While he works his way back to the future, Bizarro catches up to the Galaxy One as it prepares to land in Chicago. Flying over the plane, he causes a headwind, which pushes the plane earthward. Meanwhile, Superman arrives in what should be 1979, but ends up in the distant future. Realizing that when Bizarro said he was punching him to the past, he was actually Bizarro's speak for sending him into the far future, Superman starts heading back. At reaching 1979, Superman arrives a little early, which gives him time to gather supplies so he can carry out a plan. He returns with a giant metal plate, catching up with the plane in time to save the plane with a gust of super breath. But the sudden save causes the wings to break off. Moving quickly, Superman uses his heat vision to fuse the plate to the plane, then stuns Bizarro with a super punch, then catches the plane before it can crash. Working under the assumption that Bizarro was trying to save his friends from dying by killing them himself, because Bizarro, he points out that his friends are already dead. Using his x-ray vision, Bizarro sees Lois and Lana's lifeless bodies, so he flies off back to Bizarro World. After landing safely, Superman delivers a page of exposition after Lois asks how he got rid of Bizarro. Remember earlier when Bizarro was not able to see into the plane with his x-ray vision? Well, that's because Superman can see through anything but lead, so, which means Bizarro can only see through lead. So Superman created a 3D diorama of Lois and Lana and encased it in lead so that when Bizarro used his x-ray vision, the only thing he'd be able to see was what was inside the lead. Then he talks to Lois about how much he means to her, ending with telling her that he loves her. This last bit was overheard by Lana, who cries silently as Superman kisses Lois and flies off. Okay, that was kind of a crazy story, if you ask me. I mean, it's bizarro, so it's kind of supposed to be. But let's start off looking at the issue by looking at the cover. It's not a bad cover. You get, you get basically the gist of things. You get the plane flying overhead. Uh, Lois is falling out of it, Superman's going to save her, and Bizarro does it instead and says, Go fly kite, Superman. This am job for Bizarro. Only me can save Lois Lane. Although if it was really Bizarro talk, it'd be, Go fly kite, Superman. This no am job for Bizarro. Only me no saves Lois Lane. Or especially me, or something like that. And it says, Bizarro, the monster of steel. Is he hero or villain? You'd think you'd know by now, but, you know, every issue, somebody's first. Okay, let's start off on page two at the, not the galaxy communications, but the molecule secrecy. So you're going, you know, opposites. Uh, apparently, Bizarro Clark works for the molecule narrow casting system. We do have a building without a 
globe on it, and it's W-M-N-S, and it's U-U-M-N-S. It's, it's nice that we have a Bizarro Morgan Edge to keep going with the fact that, you know, we've got a Morgan Edge on Earth. Uh, he's got the little uh, cigarette holder that Morgan Edge uses, but there's no cigarette in it, because Bizarro. Um, the future scope that Bizarro Clark is using, and by the way, Bizarro Clark in this first panel that you see him actually looks more like a Bizarro Julie Schwartz. Um, <laughs> the spelling F-Y-O-O-R-C-H-U-R for future and scope is S-K-O-P with a backwards E and then the bizarre the bulletin the news bulletin is um, let's see we've but Edge has a news bulletin of a bulletin dog bite bizarro is big news and when Morgan, uh, when Edge asks Bizarro Clark uh, if his if the Future Scope scoop is bigger news, he says, "Nah, Future Scope only predicts Superman's friends get killed today. That all." And I should also mention his glasses are crazy. They're first of all they're on upside down. Uh, second, uh, they look very much more like uh, what the 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 glasses that John Byrne gave to Clark. Uh, when he first took over uh, Superman with Man of Steel, you know, the big round ones, and I mean the big round ones. Uh, that's kind of what these look like, although they're not perfectly round. They shouldn't be, but I guess they kind of look like he kind of built them himself out of maybe hangar or something. It's interesting. Uh, I, moving right along, I like the idea of of the Galaxy Communications people celebrating New Year's in a in every time zone using their plane. I don't know why they have to land every time if they're on a plane, apparently to refuel. But what does throw me off is the fact that Clark and everybody is like, how is that possible? Well, I mean, come on. It's a supersonic jet. That's how. Come on. All right. Okay, moving right up to page six. Now, so, okay, let's see if we can understand exactly how Superman saves his secret identity. So, he fly, he's flying at super, extreme super speed so that he's got, he's got, without screwing up and making it look weird, he flies fast enough to allow himself to be Clark for a second then switches to Superman flying towards Clark for a second, then switches back to Clark flying out of the plane for a second, and then and he keeps doing that until he can somehow rescue Clark? I, I'm not completely sure how it works, because he'd have to catch himself. I don't know. Anyway, it works well enough for Lo Lois to, you know... And she's hanging on to the back of the plane. I would... If it's going supersonic, the, the wind shear should sort of, I don't know, peel her skin off her body, maybe? Or, you know, peel her off the tail of the plane? So she got really lucky here. And, uh, and when Superman knocks Bizarro out of the plane, Bizarro says, oh, 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 oh. Now, I'm not completely sure I understand, because I would mean that... Uh, backwards that'd be ho 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 maybe um ay 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 maybe 
I'm not sure, but it, 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 it's weird. Moving up to page 9 and, well, forward to Superman's battle with Bizarro. I like the idea that we, you know, we see the battle, the, the powers that Bizarro demonstrated last time, uh, which were new last time, because before that he just basically had the same powers as Superman. But now we get to see some of the other powers. Uh, the microscopic vision, it, it, it makes a lot of sense that it would make things microscopic. Interesting. Um, I don't know how the, I guess, backwards vision works, it, but whatever. Um, page 12. Um, Marty Pasco wrote, you know, wrote, okay, you remember several episodes ago when, when I covered the first two issues of DC Comics Presents, and you know Russell Bragg has covered those two issues on the DC Comics Presents show. Well, either way you listen to it, uh, both the, the, that story, which is a two-part story, and this involves time, Superman time traveling, and both were written by Marty Pasco. Now, f explain that I still am confused by this. If anyone can explain this to me, please email in. How can you go counterclockwise to go to the uh, to go to the future and clockwise to go to the past? I mean, granted technically you really can't anyway cuz, you know, Time travel is kind of impossible at these speeds. No one can make those speeds like Superman can. But the, the idea is backwards. I, I mean, it would be perfect for Bizarro. Maybe Bizarro could do it, but not Superman. It just, I will never, ever understand that. Okay, page 13. Now, what do I don't get about Bizarro here? He's making a headwind to make the plane crash. Why doesn't he just push it down? It's Bizarro. This involves thinking and being smart. But, on the other hand, it also gives Superman plenty of time to get back to the present and save the day. So, you know, whatever. But I just think it's weird that he's going to cause a headwind rather than, you know, push it down to the ground. Now, uh, page 14, Superman's very lucky that uh, trying to stop the plane with his super breath uh, just knocks the wings off and doesn't crack the whole thing in half. But then again, it's Superman, and he's he knows exactly how to do what he's doing, because it's Superman. Uh, the only problem I have, though, is that after he puts the lead plate on the plane, he flies it from the wing, not just not from the wing, but actually from the tail rudder. It can't be too stable. I would think it'd be easier to do it from the bottom, personally. I mean. I watched the Superman the Animated Series first three-part movie, and granted, he's not trying to stop it from crashing, he's just trying to fly it, but still, I wouldn't think he'd have good enough leverage from the back like that. Now, something I want to point out, just because uh, I've, I've, as I'm recording this, I have finished my notes for all future episodes of the show, and something happens here that will come up again in one of the final episodes. Number one, Superman explicitly tells Lois that he loves her. Okay, keep that in mind. And number two, there is no number two, I just, I, I messed up there, but, but, that, but that one thing is very important. The fact that he explicitly says how much he loves Lois, 
it doesn't seem like a big deal now, but it'll come back. It'll come back to kind of be a not a plot point, but a kind of a little bit of a snafu when we get to a later issue that I'm going to be talking about. But that's it for my notes. So what I'm going to do is play a couple promos for you, and when we come back, we'll look at the ads. Superman of the Bronze Age will be back after these messages. Wow, I'm really glad I decided to pony up and take my wife to Italy for her birthday. The food, the sights, the atmosphere, it's all just so perfect. (sighs) Too bad I had to ask if there was a comic book shop located at the Vatican. Uh, Maybe it wasn't the brightest thing to do on her birthday, but granted, I'm certain I've done things way more foolish than that. Good afternoon. Gah! Where did you come from and who the heck are you? My name is Dufo Manzo. And where I come from is none of your concern. What is of your concern is that I have an offer to make of you. An offer that you should not refuse. Uh, okay. What is it? I have listened to your podcasts, and it just so happens that I am in the podcasting business myself. Someday I will ask a favor of you, one that I hope you will repay to me in good faith. When you do so... You will become a part of my family, and your show will prosper along with it. Oh, that sounds great. What do I need to do? You will know when the time is right. Until then, I wish you and your lovely wife the happiest of times in my fair country. Uh, oh, okay. Cool. Some time has passed. And that does it for another episode of Just One of the Guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and I'll catch you all next week. Bravo. Bravo. God! How how the hell did you find me, and how did you get in my house? Do not worry yourself with such trivial matters. I have seen your work with this podcast, and I have come to accept the favor that is owed to me. Uh, but you never said what you wanted from me. That is true. So let me restate it now. Wait, what? I have started up a brand new podcasting venture entitled Two True Freaks. I am setting them up with their own website, twotruefreaks.com. And I am gathering up podcasts such as yours that have gained my favor to become a part of the Two True Freaks podcast network. I will do the honor of putting the Just One of the Guys on the Two True Freaks network, and in return... Our debt will be settled. Oh, okay. Hey, wait, what debt? Do you accept my offer? Uh, sure. I mean, does this mean I'll get paid for the show finally? No. Oh, okay. Well, does it mean I'll get some cannoli? Of course. The DiManzo family originated cannoli. In fact, we are known the world over for our stuffing of creamy fillings in the tubes. Come check out Just One of the Guys every Friday at twotruefreaks.com. Look! 
look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com We now return to Superman and the Bronze Age. Alright, and we are back. Let's look through the ads real quick. First up, we're going to look at the inside cover. And that is a very special ad. It's an all-black ad. All it has is these 3D crystalline-looking letters that say Superman the Movie, and in white it says Coming for Christmas. Alexander Salkind presents Marlon Brando, Gene Hackman, in a Richard Donner film, Superman, starring Christopher Reeve, also starring Margot Kidder, Ned Beatty, Jackie Cooper, Glenn Ford, Trevor Howard, Valerie Perrine, Maria Schell, Terrence Stamp, Phyllis Thaxter, Susanna York. Story by Mario Puzo, and I could read the rest of the credits, but I don't want to. Uh, yes, uh, this issue comes out in December. Superman the movie came out in December of 1978. That means that by the time this issue came out, Superman was in theaters. Uh, moving right along, we've got Wonder Woman Hostess ad. That's right. Wonder Woman versus the Cheetah. And it starts off with Wonder Woman uh, going up against actually a panther saying, By Hera, the cheetah's pet is certainly no pussycat, but then neither is the cheetah. Now, you overgrown pussycat, take me to your boss. The lady with the criminal mind is what Lo uh, Lois, is what Wonder Woman says as she puts her lasso around the panther's neck. The panther, basically it looks like Wonder Woman's walking the panther. And she says, so this is what the cheetah calls home. She's not going to invite me in. So, and now she's got a picnic basket. Gives it to the cheetah and says, okay now, pussycat, you take this little present to your mistress. Now keep in mind, she's not, the cat's not wearing the lasso anymore. Uh, apparently the cat takes the, takes the picnic basket into the mansion to the cheetah. And the cheetah says, mm, what a smart puss to bring me these delicious hostess cupcakes. And then in walks one woman, delicious. And while, meanwhile, Cheetah is still <laughs> preoccupied by the cupcakes. It says, delicious chocolatey icing, moist devil's food cake. While the Cheetah enjoys her hostess cupcakes, I'll take care of her little pets. And after Wonder Woman has punched out all of the animals, upsetting PETA people everywhere, she says, hope you enjoyed your hostess cupcakes, Cheetah. And Cheetah says, to tell you the truth, Wonder Woman, they were delicious. And you get a big delight in every bite of hostess cupcakes. Now, I should point out, the Cheetah here, I don't know if this is the Cheetah that we're used to. She doesn't have the Cheetah costume like she does on Super Friends. She's just in a, it looks like some kind of a big dress and brown boots. That's it. So, I'm not sure. I was kind of thinking it was the same person, but I'm not up on my Wonder Woman lore, so she could have had a different costume at this point. 
Uh, the next page is Seasons Greetings from DC Comics. And it's got Superman and Batman and Black Canary and Green Arrow and Green Lantern and Plastic Man coming at us. And it says, you can't go wrong starting the new year right. Uh, and it tells you about the issue, the latest issue of Green Lantern and Green Arrow, which is number 113, is on sale on November 30th. Batman 309 is coming out on December 14th. Batman 333 is on sale December 28th. Maybe I typed it wrong on my notes. Hmm. And Batman Brave and the Bold, starring Batman and Plastic Man, is coming out also on December 28th. Now, this is a very, very similar ad to what was used um, in the Christmas issue that Dave and I covered uh, Christmas time, which is actually an issue that came out a couple years later. So obviously they must have repurposed it. Not, not a bad idea, but it's just cool to see it again. It's a nice ad. It's very colorful. It's got the uh, bells and holly and berries all over the sides. And super. Uh, everyone's flying. Well, they look like they're uh, No, Batman does have the rope. I don't know how Black Canary and Plastic Man and um, Green Arrow are up there in the sky. But anyway, and they're kind of moving towards us. There's a city in the background with a star up in the sky. It's pretty cool. Oh, and snow. Because you can't have Christmas without snow. Uh, the next ad is for a BB gun, because, hey kids, guns. Uh, next page is half a Slim Jim ad and half a Grit ad. Uh, oh, you can buy sea monkeys. Yep. Okay, and the next ad page is a two-page spread. Superman, yesterday, 1938. Superman number one, the Golden Age first issue of the world's number one superhero. Now in a supersized, famous first edition. Well, yeah, that's right, folks. Superman number one gets its famous first edition treasury-sized reprint for $2. And I don't mean Superman number one by John Byrne. And I don't mean Superman number one by George Perez and Jesus Marino. No. I'm talking about Superman number one from 1939 by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, reprinting the first four issues of Action Comics by, you know, Jer Jerry Siegel and Joe, Joe Schuster. But yep, it's reprinted right there. Here it is, the legendary first issue of Superman is published in 1939. The 10-cent comic valued at $3,000 today? Plus, the lowdown on the two young creators of Superman, comics' first and greatest superhero, the origin of Superman and an explanation of his amazing strength, and Superman covers yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So not only do you get the actual cover, or the actual reprint of the book, but you also get some extras, so that's cool. And then the other page, Superman Today, 1978. Superman the Movie Magazine, also treasury-sized, and for 50 cents more. A collector's album of the most spectacular movie ever made. Stars, costumes, set designs, special effects. Superman Movie Magazine, the authorized edition, features 64 gigantic pages of Superman movie photos and facts, and exclusive pictures in full color. A unique publication. Both are on sale everywhere December 14th. I have this. 
and I am very glad to have it. Most of it is black and white. There is some color pages, but most of it is black and white. It's mostly uh, telling you about the background stuff and getting interviews with the stars and everything. It, but it's it's very awesome. It's a really cool. It's got Superman, you know, Christopher Reeve as Superman on the cover, with smaller pictures of Marlon Brando as Jor-El and Gene Hackman as Luther. A photograph of that scene where the baby Superman is holding up the truck after it's fallen over while Ma and Pa can't have fallen back. And also the scene where Superman is uh, becoming part of the train tracks for that train during the earthquake, although it's flipped for some reason. But yeah, and you can get both of those now. Well, you could then. It's a really cool ad. Well, it's kind of plain, actually, but it's really cool. I was lucky enough to get that from a, a Mile High Comics had a deal where you could get some one of the uh, the the Superman book was one of the things you could get free if you ordered enough comics and I was working on my Superman Bronze Age stuff so boom that took care of that pretty easily. All right, next page has some more toys and stuff you can get. Uh, let's see, there's a Superman calendar for 1939 with which is all new with pictures from the movie. Spend each month in the great way and it's basically you know superman the movie thing uh you can get official world's greatest superheroes it looks like mego dolls of your favorite heroes of and these are based on the movie so you've got um superman you've got lex luther basically in his super friends outfit but if the coloring on this is indian indie is any indication they colored it wrong uh jor-el which looks like it has marlon brando's head but not the uh, movie Krypton costume, and also General Zod, who does not appear to be dressed like General Zod is in the movie, but does have uh, Terrence Stamp's head, or likeness anyway. Uh, and then because it's Superman time, you know, you get a Batman utility belt, mm -hmm. which comes with a bat gun, because they know Batman. Uh, the bat buckle which is basically the Batman, uh, what you want to call it, logo of the time. Bat cuffs, the bat rope, a bat hook, and it looks like a Batman radio. It doesn't really look too much like a utility belt, but, you know, whatever. Oh, it's, yeah, Batman walkie-talkie. Presumably, there's only one in the picture, so I'm guessing the only way you can use it is if you have someone know someone else that also got the Batman utility belt. But, you know, the Batgun, because Batman shoots. Uh, then the Wonder Woman's utility belt, which doesn't actually come with utilities. Uh, it's got the tiara, the belt, uh, it comes with bracelets, and her lasso. Uh, you can get a piece of kryptonite for two nineteen. A must for every fan of Superman. Looks like Joe Kubert drew this, judging looking at the some of the art on it. And uh three books for seven ninety five each. You can get Batman from the forties to the seventies, Superman from the thirties to the seventies, and actually that's Batman from the thirties to the seventies, they just listed it wrong. And Wonder Woman, I'm not sure what that book is. It doesn't look like it's from the thirties to the seventies. Um, I have Batman or Superman from the 30s to the 70s. I once saw a copy of Batman from the 30s to the 70s. I don't know what this Wonder Woman book is. But anyway, that's what you can get. All from Heroes World in Livingston, New Jersey. 
Next ad page is a hodgepodge ad, so we're going to skip that. Next is Full Color Poster Spectacular, which features black and white, uh, really short copies of, really short, really small copies of all the posters they've, well, some of the posters they've got. Uh, they've got Kiss a Kiss collage, which looks like a collection of four different pictures in one poster. The Coneheads, because they were popular on Saturday Night Live. Um, Farrah Fawcett. Not the usual one that's so famous, but one where she's looks like she's crawling and smiling, you know, sideways. Uh, Linda Carter, uh, wearing a shirt that she's tied up into a bow under her bosom and, you know, shows off her tummy. Uh, Miss Anton, Anton, I don't know who that is. She's also in a bathing suit. She looks like she's just finished crawling and is trying to get in a sitting position. And Cheryl Ladd, who, uh, it's a windy day. Uh, she's got her collar up and um, some of the buttons in her front of her shirt are missing. So, yeah. And she, she doesn't seem to be wearing any uh, support. It's weird. Uh, next ad page is half a page for being a draftsman and half a page for getting strong arms. Next is half a page of ad, of hodgepodge and half a page of thrilling adventures from the DC Western comics. Uh, this weird Western tales number fifty three, starring Scalp Hunter. Um, I don't know what's going on here, but um, Scalp Hunter is uh, arm wrestling President Lincoln. Yeah, and then Jonah Hex is also going up against a Native American on the cover of his book. So that's cool. At first I thought, oh, cool, Scalp Hunter's over in here. Oh, that's a different guy. Uh, let's see, the letters page was basically just talking about what happened in Superman 328, Attack of the Kryptonoid. Nothing really cool here. Typical stuff. Uh, let's see, uh, the Daily Planet, uh, Detective Comics, celebrates 40 years of Batman. Uh, which will happen in January, which we'll see when we do elsewhere next episode. It's got a cool image that I believe is in the is the back cover or inside back cover pinup or something, of uh, by Dick Giordano, sh uh, showcasing basically the then Batman family, which was Alfred, Batman, Batgirl, Commissioner Gordon, and Robin. Amazing how things have changed in the last, well, almost another forty years. Batman is 78 this year, or 75 this year. Uh, then there's some more direct currents telling you some more of the stuff that's coming out the next month. Uh, Superman team is going to team up with Swamp Thing. There's something happens in Men of War and something happens in GI Combat. We'll, we'll learn about that later. Um, there's a Hemback comic strip uh, showing a couple of army men. Someone says a ten hut, and they go into their... Well, it looks more... Doesn't look very like they're at the American salute. Uh, but then you see a soldier walk by on a cloud, and it says, So that's Johnny Cloud, the Navajo ace. Can't get it? The cloud. Uh, you know. Uh, let's see. And then, of course, Ask the Answer Man asks a bunch of questions. Now, interesting. Apparently, Jerry Conway was about to be the new Legion scripter, and someone wants to know if Supergirl's ever going to return, and you never know. But Conway does like Supergirl, so we'll see. Um, <laughs> apparently Plastic Man's on Earth 1, Earth X, and Earth B all at the same time. That's pretty awesome. 
but yeah, you know, we're not going to bother with those. Uh, the next ad page is to get a bunch of Revolutionary War soldiers for 250, 204 of them, because that's fun. Uh, next is TCR Total Control Racing. Basically, you get to build the cars, you get to build the tracks, and you get to race them on the tracks. Pretty cool, awesome. Uh, and then the limited edition Indie Vet. Only Monogram has its huge model. I'm guessing this is the kind with glue. But it's a 1 8 scale 1978 Corvette. Uh, it's, a, it's 23 inches long once it's assembled. And the picture they're showing, I mean, this is a good sized car. You're not going to lose it, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, but that's it for Inside the Comics. Let's take a look at what else was coming out this month, just in time for Christmas. Uh, action, uh, Adventure Comics number 642. Uh, the Justice Society uh, f story features the death of Batman. The Earth 2 Batman, of course. Everyone's sad. Drawn by Jim Aparo. And other than Batman, everyone looks kind of cool. Batman looks terrible on this cover. Ugh. Uh, Flash deals with the she-demon of the astral plane. Uh, Dead Man uh, is in a story called The Sins of the Father, Wonder Woman's Voyage to the Sorcerer of the Sorcerer's Lost, and Aquaman's Executive Action are all in this issue. Next up is Batman number 309. He gets his own Christmas issue up against Blockbuster in a story called Have Yourself a Deadly Little Christmas. I've seen this one. This is one where uh, Blockbuster's trying to help this girl who I think committed try to commit suicide, uh, but it didn't quite work. So she's he's trying to save her, but Batman thinks he's trying to hurt her. So he's trying to save the girl also, but also stop Blockbuster. It's a you know it's a Christmas tale. Lots of misunderstanding, and this is about the time Lynn Wein had was taking over the writing chores of the Batman title. DC Comics presents number seven features Superman and the Red Tornado. The Paralyzed Planet Peril. Written by Paul Levitz, but drawn by Dick Dillon and Frank Sciaramonte. So, uh, I don't want to get into that. Anyway, uh, yes, uh, it looks like Superman and uh, Red Tornado are on the are on Quard, having to deal with, uh, you know, the weaponers of Quard. Uh, Flash number 271, The Silent Slayer of Central City. This is uh, an issue I mentioned last time because we saw an ad for it. Um, Iris Allen is ready to go to some kind of a party, uh, performance, I mean. And Barry's got a whole bunch of rocks sticking out of his body, so he doesn't know what to do. Uh, Murder by Melody is the title of the story for Justice League of America number 164. Oh. Uh, Satana wants to save her mother from an evil sorceress, and the other Justice Leaguers say that's impossible. I don't know what happens in the story, but Rich Buckler and Dick Giordano make for a pretty cover. Superman Family Number 194, Superboy fights the sorcerer in the Sorcerer Strikes. Nightwing and Flamebird have a showdown. Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane team up for Armageddon arrives today, and Supergirl has a nightmare in New Athens. It's a cool cover. Um, 
it's a strange story. I'm not exactly sure what happens again. Uh, but it looks like um, I see Lois on the cover. It looks like a wraparound cover, so it's hard to tell everything that's going on. But I see Lois. It looks like a bunch of Jimmies. So I'm guessing it must be something to do with the, like the um, the project, maybe. Uh, I see Speedy from the Titans, and then many versions of the rest of the Justice League going trying to take down Superman. Superman is literally having to fight off miniature versions of Wonder Woman, Hawkman, Superman, uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, and Batman. Oh, and Black Canary. I see her too now. So yeah, that's crazy. Uh, moving right along, of course, uh, DC All-New Collector's Edition C62, Superman the Movie. The cover looks much better when you see it in actual color than it does in the black and white that they tried to put color over in the comic book. Very pretty. Uh, the famous first edition, of C which is C61, uh, which is the reprint of Superman number one, although at the time it was just Superman. I like to think of that as one of the first Superman, is the first Superman trade paper, is the first Superman trade. It wasn't really a paperback, but it was kind of a trade. Uh, Action Comics number 493, The Metropolis UFO Connection, which basically has the same creative team from the issue we just talked about today, except Carrie Bates wrote it, and Gene D'Angelo colored it. Another Christmas story, Brave and the Bold number 148, The Night the Mob Stole Christmas. And Batman has to team up with Plastic Man for that one. Actually, looks pretty cool. Uh, they're fighting bad guys on a looks like a float with Santa Claus on it, waving to people. Very Christmassy. Uh, let's see, Green Lantern one fourteen, the crimes of the Crumbler. And uh, apparently, he can make the ground crumble around you. So, Green Lantern and Green Arrow are about to fall through a hole in the ground. I don't know if that's the greatest power in the world, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Super Friends, number 18. And looks like Kurt Schaffenberger, I don't know if this is a permanent replacement, but Kurt Schaffenberger is both the artist for the cover and on the interiors of this one. Uh, he does pretty good with them, although, personally, I'm still not a fan of his Batman, Robin, or Wonder Woman. His Aquaman and Superman look pretty good. And his Xan and Jaina look pretty good, too. But the... Super Friends are up against the Time Trapper in Manhunt in Time. Let's see. Oh, Gleek's not on the cover. That's not fair. Legion of Superheroes, number 249. Uh, the Capital Crimes of the Chemical Conqueror and the Actorian Jewel Case are the two stories here. It looks like Brainiac 5's trying to shoot against somebody. And uh, the, the Chemical the chemical monster, I guess. It's hard to tell. I'd, like I've said before, I don't. Unfortunately, I don't really know my Legion. Uh, I'm gonna make that make up for that soon, but not until after this show's over. And finally, we get Wonder Woman number two fifty three, Spirit of Silver, Soul of Gold. It's actually a pretty cool cover. It's um, it almost looks like it could have been a uh, Who's Who entry page. You've got Wonder Woman up front. Uh, in her normal costume, although she does have an extra belt and she is branding a sword, but she's also got her lasso. And in the background, all in blues and whites, uh, is her fighting some bad guys, fighting some other bad guys, and looking at us like, Ugh. yeah. 
Hey, Lady Lunar shows up in that one. Remember I talked about her. Uh, because Lady Lunar has some connection to Moon Man, who I co- which the story of which I covered with Michael Bradley recently on an episode of Superman Batman. So that's cool. But that's it for this episode. I want to thank everyone for listening and for downloading. I uh, hope you all had a great well, not everyone, because some of you don't celebrate it because you're not American. But if you are from the States, I hope you all had a great and safe 4th of July. And I will see you next week with another brand new edition of Superman in the Bronze Age. Thank you for listening to Superman in the Bronze Age, hosted by Charlie Niemeyer. Show notes can be found at www.supermaninthebronzeage.com, as well as links to the RSS and iTunes feeds and more. Also, we have a Facebook fan page where you'll get a little notice whenever a new episode is posted. Feel free to like us there. Want to comment on the episode you just heard? Email the show at superbronze1970 at gmail.com. Superman in the Bronze Age is a proud member of both the Superman Podcast Network at www.supermanpodcastnetwork.com and the Comics Podcast Network at www.comicspodcasts.com. Make sure to check out both sites for more great podcasts. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster and is copyright DC Comics. Thank you again for listening, and God bless. You can listen to our show on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, BlackBerry, or Palm phones on demand, and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free today at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio.